Oh, man, it is so good to be here. And it's fun to see some people who are visiting. Let's give it up for all our guests here. Woohoo! Yeah, so good. Some are coming back from uh, having been away for a while. Some have, uh, are trying us out for the first time. I hope if you are new here that uh, you can just sit back and enjoy. We're relaxed and uh, there is uh, no one that's going to push you into anything. We are here to let God come and do a great work in your heart. Uh, we have some things coming up, and I know we highlight them at the end. I personally love our baptism time. You know our baptisms, when people get up and tell their God stories. It's just amazing, isn't it? And I know some people say, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. And you know, you know how ready people were in the Bible? It's like, you know, the Ethiopian eunuch said, yeah, I believe, okay, let's get you baptized, all right? You know, Cornelius and his family says, yeah, I think I believe, all right, it's time for baptism. It's like it probably took all of like a half hour, where's some water? So there, there's, not a, a, there's not a thing if you're ready. It, it's like, if you believe, you should tell the world that. And if that hasn't been your experience yet, I hope you come and talk to me. Uh, just, yeah, throw your name up on info at Church on the Rock. And uh, we would love to see many people just tell the world what God has done in their lives. Well, I'm going to pray, and we're going to get into God's message here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good all the time, and we need to recognize that. We need to, to get that in our heart and soul. So I invite you, I invite you to come and do heart surgery on everyone here, wherever we are on our, our faith journey. If, uh, if there are people here on the way to you that don't know you yet, do a work in their heart. Touch their, their heart and soul today. Whisper your love to them. For those of us who have been walking with you for decades, revive our hearts again in you. God, we need you. And help us to find you through your word, through the worship, and through your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, having been a youth pastor for a lot of years, I did this thing. I think it's an old school thing called a trust fall, right? How many trust fall? You know, that's, that's where you, you, you fall backwards and people are supposed to catch you, right? I, I hope you didn't watch that, that reel or the TikTok where the father says, I'll catch you, and he just walks away and says, that's a lesson. Don't trust anybody. So anyway, it's not that. It's not that. How many people here have done try to trust fall? All right. Oh, well. Okay, good. More than I thought. More than I thought. About at least about half of us here. Uh, I remember I would take the kids up to uh, down to WLD Ranch, and there was a special step, and we'd fall back down, and uh, they, all the kids were going, "No way, I'm not going to do that." And so, of course, I would have to lead the way as a youth pastor. And uh, so I get up on a little stand, and there's two things I do. I look behind me and go, "Okay, who's there? who are the big people? All right, they got they got to carry the weight." Because the littlest kid going, ah, "I don't want them right underneath." All right, so that's one. And then number two, that junior high kid that has that mischievous look like, like no, he's not going to be there. All right, you can't. You go and watch. Okay, you go and watch, kid. And then, and then I'm up there on that little stand thing. And, I, and a lot of kids will, will just go, and they'll sort of sit. They'll sit down because they, they just don't do the whole trust thing. And so there's a moment. There's a moment in your head where you're going to go, am I going to do this or I'm not? Right? I, I'm, you know, supposed to be the youth pastor, I'm supposed to lead, I'm supposed to lead by example. Am I going to do this or not? Here we go. And you just fall back. <laughs> and you go, wow. And it's just like this wild thing where 
like, it's, I think it must be about like this angle right then where you go, is this really gonna work? <laughs> and then you're caught and everybody, yeah, it's just a, a fun, fun thing, a trust fall. It's funny, isn't it, how much that can relate to trusting God, trusting God. Because a lot of times we check behind us and we'll go, okay, like, are you big and strong enough? <laughs> I think I'm just going to kind of sit, not really fall into your arms. Uh, are you one of those kind of people that will let me down all the time? You know, do you have that mischievous look in your eyes? The Bible says, just trust me. God asks us to trust him again and again. Don't rely on beauty, riches, or intelligence. It's, a, it, it's this internal click where you say God's strong enough. God loves me enough. Here we go. I'm going to trust him. And because of that, it's, it's very relational. This is, this is a, a relationship you have with God. I know you enough to be powerful. I know you enough that you are trustworthy. Okay, it's about that. It's not about pressing a button of saying, okay, if I have this much faith, if I dial up this much emotion, if I do this this many times. In fact, Jesus says, you know, the pagans, they, they try and say, okay, if you, if you say this many things this many times, it's going to work. It's not about that. I, I love how Peter Greek uh, described it. He says, the power of prayer is relational, not transactional. It's not, uh, you're not putting, you know, the, the loony in the, in the machine and you push in the button and if it doesn't come out, you kick the machine. That's transactional. This is all about relationship. And that's why soften, often when I start prayer, my mind is going everywhere, right? I'm not sure if that happens to you. My mind is going everywhere. And so I'm driving, I turn off the music, I turn off everything and, uh, except for the car. And as I'm going, I start my, I start my whole prayer Instead of, dear God, I say, I love you. You know what? There's something about saying, I love you. It changes it from being a checklist to a relationship. I'm just talking to my God. In fact, it's so relational that God is, is offended when we don't depend on him. We depend on other, other things and other people. God takes our heart towards him, very personal. In fact, that's, he calls himself a jealous God. You say, is jealousy right? Well, for him it is, because jealousy is about who's number one. And he gets to be number one. That's why when God says, I'm jealous, it's okay, because jealousy is about being number one, and guess what? God is the one who should be number one. Now, trusting God honors him. It honors him. It shows what we think about him. It shows that, that we trust him, that, that he's powerful, that, that he'll actually lovingly catch us. <laughs> I remember when my daughter was quite young, and uh, this, uh, you know, I'd, I'd come into this, this little, little house that we, we had, and uh, she would be on this little flight of stairs, and she said, catch me, Dad! And she just fling herself off. Didn't know warning or anything. Ha! Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, woo! Oh, yeah, okay, good. But I look back on that and go, what? Pure, pure distrust, right? You're going to catch me. And guess what? You're powerful and strong enough, Dad, to catch me, right? Back then, 
I, I was, and it was, it was good. <laughs> thing, the thing is, prayer and trust is all about a relationship. Andrew Murray, uh, uh, back in the 1800s, wrote this. The power of prayer depends almost entirely upon our apprehension of who it is with whom we speak. It's about God and a relationship with him. Trust is so important to God that he will even let the unseen, the unknown, persist. You read the Bible enough and you go, oh yeah, that's a good story, that's a good story. But if you take like a step back and you go, wow, put yourself in in their, their shoes. Oh man. Okay, Abraham, you will have a child. All right, awesome. I'm 75. We got to get working on this one. <laughs> not this year. No, not this year. Not this year. I, I'm not sure how many years we're into it. And, the, well, okay, how, you know, what he said really isn't true. It's going to be about my, my servant, isn't it? No, no, it's about you, God says. Okay, it's actually going to be about my wife's servant, isn't it? No, it's about you. 25 years. He's 100 years old. Actually, the New Testament says his body was as good as dead. Yeah, yeah, right? And yet, God was faithful to his promise because he can be trusted. The children of Israel, God led them to the Red Sea. And as they came up to the Red Sea, what, where do we do now? What do we go now? And all of a sudden, Pharaoh's army is coming down, and they have machines of war. And they go, no, why did you do this to me, God? And God just smiles and says, all right, I am going to let you go through difficult times to show you the power that I have, to show you that I'm trustable, to show you that you can fall back into my arms and I will catch you. Our relationship of trusting God is more important than our comfort. And, and I think sometimes we need to hear that because there's, there's a version of God that's preached out there in this world that, that God's sort of your, your bellboy. He, he's gonna do what you want and you press the, the button enough and, and he's gonna do that. And, and he wants all you know, good people, nice people to go to heaven and, and he's just good with everything. Then you start to read the biblical version. And he says, listen, it's about you and me. It's a relationship. And if, if our relationship isn't close, I'm going to even let things that are not great seep in so we can talk. So we can talk. Last week, we noticed that trust can either be a noun or a verb. A noun, a person is trustworthy. Or a verb, we're going to trust in someone in the verse that we got that from is uh, Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. That's the verb where you're praying and whose trust is the Lord. He's just trustworthy. And so you have both of them. And the Christian world, uh, all depends how you were brought up. All depends uh, what podcast you listen to now, all right? Or uh, who, uh, what YouTube channels you, you, uh, you follow. But we fall out on either side of that. That people say, okay, we got to trust in God, trust in God. We got to ask, ask, ask. And, and they, they, they don't trust who he is so much. And then there's some people, you just trust who he is. And yeah, yeah, we're okay. We don't need to ask as much. 
don't need to ask as much. In fact, I can divide this down, and we love both sides, but sometimes our hyper-charismatic people tend to trust God for things with, with faith expectation to the degree that, that they're, they're trying to faith things into being. If, if we can drum up our faith enough, we will faith things into being. Well, again, that's transactional. That, that's trying to put enough coins in the machine. It's, it's actually God who does these things. And he initiates these, and, and we listen to him. As, as one of my friends that got out of that movement, he said, it just felt like all the time we're trying to bully God. You have to do this. You have to do this. Just cranking it up. And he said, it just didn't seem right. I think sometimes we forget James 4.3. It says, even when you ask, you don't get it. You don't get some things. Why? Because your motives are all wrong. Your motives are all wrong. But on the other side, there's the cessationists. They're the people that think that God no longer does anything supernatural. So don't bother to ask them about anything specific or earth-moving. We'll just endure in the world of evil, content, thanking God in all circumstances. We really don't think that God is going to do anything we say. In fact, he is so, so much, has, has got everything all planned out. Yeah, I don't think he listens to us much anyway. And they forget this verse in James 4.2, you don't have because you don't ask God for it. There are some things that you don't have in your life, in your world. Why? Because God is mean, because God's hard. No, you just don't ask him for it because he loves to be asked. He loves this. And it's interesting, those two verses are right next to each other in Scripture. You don't have because you don't ask. And guess what? Sometimes you ask and you got the wrong motives all the time. It's interesting. We need to hold both, that God is trustable when he is silent. But he invites us to ask for amazing and miraculous things. Uh, And that, we need both. Um, If you are missing uh, any, uh, perhaps there are some things that you're missing because you're not asking for specific things. I love what uh, uh, Vivian Fernandez from uh, India said. The greatest tragedy is not unanswered prayer. It is unoffered prayer. And so we hold both. God is trustable, and yet he invites us to trust him. Neither extreme, I believe, is good as actually listening to God. At listening to God. Some, on one side, some people will just start with their own ideas and what they want. I'm going to believe God for this because I want it. Which is, which, is, which is great. We can ask those things. But again, we can't faith them into existence. The other side says, well, I don't think God actually talks to me anyway. So I don't need to listen. You know, I think that here at Church on the Rock, we talk so much about listening to God. Because he still speaks. He speaks. And so we listen. John 10, 14 to, to 16 says, uh, God, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, I know the Father. And they will listen to my voice. That's what it means to be a Christian, as to walk out as a Christian. You come into God's family through faith, and then you listen to his voice as you go. Uh, John 5, 19 to 20, said Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. He go, hold on, you're God. can you do anything? Nope. I'm not, I'm, I'm refusing to do anything by myself. Not wild. But no, no, I, I just don't do anything on my own. Well, 
Well, what do you do then, Jesus? You, you see a need, you just do. No, no, don't even. I see a need, no. I only do one thing. What, what is it? He does only what he sees the Father doing. He sees God working. God leads him. God whispers to him. He sees God working, his Father doing something. He goes, okay, I can do that. That is something I can do. God is, it, my Father is working here. I am going to work in concert under submission to him. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing. Isn't that interesting? So he steps into a situation. He steps into a whole crowd of people who need healing by, by the, the, this pool, right? And they could all be healed, but Jesus doesn't. He sort of steps over, and he says, the Father shows, shows him what he's doing. That one, that one right there. That one right there. Okay, Father. And he goes over there. And he says, do you want to be healed? It's awesome, isn't it? As Jesus just listens to what the Father does. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works but than healing this man. So Jesus spends the night in listening prayer, not just to be able to say hi to his dad, but to choose what disciples, because he follows his father's leading. And we too can hear him. We can hear that gentle tap on our shoulder, that gentle nudge. It's that thing when you walk by somebody and you go, oh, it's what Katie was talking about. Oh, I think I got this tap. I, I think... I think I'm supposed to give some money. You check it out. Katie, that's such a great thing. Let's check it out with good counselors. Should we do this? Let's pray into this. Oh, yeah, I think we should. And guess what? A miracle happens. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For those who are led by the Spirit are children of God. If you're a child of God, you're led by the Spirit. Those little taps, those perceptions. And he leads. He leads. In Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing. And hearing by the word or a word of Christ. So God speaks and we just obey. We just follow. And so in that way, we know we're not going to force or bully God into anything. He is going to lead. But we're not going to sit back and say, well, it is what it is. Because guess what? He wants to lead you into an adventure of seeing amazing things happen. We're, we're, we're not going to say, I, I'm going to believe God for my million dollars. No, you ask him what what should I be believing you for, God? Because he is the one who leads. And then and, and we just go, well, I, I guess things are going to work out. No, you go and ask God, what should I be, should, what should we be praying? God speaks most clearly through his word. We can trust 100% in the God's promises. God also whispers through his spirit. And we have to hold on and trust God for those promises too. So God does these things. He whispers. And in his promises, we have, we have that assurance he's going to do what he's going to do. So, what kind of promises does God have? I'm just going to go through three real quick ones. These ones, I, I think, you know, if you've been around Christians a bit, if, if you've grown up in Sunday school, you know these promises. You know the difference between knowing and knowing you know that one? My prayer today is that you'll get out of here knowing, not just hearing these verses, but through the worship that God would do a heart surgery so you would, really? These, these, these promises of God should lead you to worship him. Let's look at the first one. God, God pays attention 
God pays attention to when you pray. It's not that, oh yeah, okay, God sees everything. He sees everybody praying. He knows everything, so he knows when you pray. No, 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 no. It's more than that. It's, it's higher than that. It's, it's better than that. Okay, if you have a personal relationship with God, if you said yes, if you stepped into this relationship with him, he actually leans in and pays attention to your prayer. Well, how about if I'm not doing so good that week? Are you his kid? He listens. Here we go. Let's listen to some, some of God's word. I love this. First Peter 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Okay, the righteous. The righteous are people who are in right standing with God. If you are a Christian, you are righteous, okay? Okay, if you're a Christian, you're righteous, okay? If, if you're a Christian here, let's say, I want you to say, I'm righteous, all right? It's, it seems like a Bible word, right? But you're right in standing with God, okay? I, if you're a Christian, I want you to say aloud, I'm righteous, I'm righteous. Ready? One, two, three. All right, how does that feel? Don't let anybody know you're not. Okay. <laughs> Before God, you're righteous. For the eyes of the Lord are on who? The righteous. You said you're righteous. Guess whose eyes are on you? And his ears are what? What? what, what what's that word? What's that word? What, the, his ears are, it begins with A, but let's all say it together, is attentive to your prayers. Have you ever seen a parent, a good parent, do things right? You know, you know the little kid going, ah, you know, <laughs> you know hey, you know, mom, dad, or whatever they do. They, they just, they, they keep at it until they get what they want, right? Every so often, I, you know, not all times, I'm not here to judge any parents, but every so often I see a parent stop whatever they're doing. They put the phone away, and they get down on eye level, and they say, oh, What's going on, honey? Is, what, what's going on? Well, and this person, and they didn't, and they should have. Oh, honey, that's horrible. It's horrible. And every so when I see those magic moments, I stand back. It feels like a holy moment, doesn't it? Oh, there's somebody with huge amounts of love to that little kid, stopping what they're doing and being attentive to their child. God is attentive when you pray. I, I, I want that to get in your heart. I want that to make the click. Because it's huge. It drives me to pray. Not just wish. You know how you wish and you turn wishes into prayer? I'll pray for you and you're kind of just saying that is a prayer. No, it's not. Just not. It's, it's the, you know, oh yeah, I've been thinking about you. Great, wow, that does no good, all right? Actually stopping and using your voice and actually praying for someone. God is attentive to that. Uh, how, how, how attentive? Well, let's read another verse. This, this is good stuff, man. I love this stuff. I'm not sure if it, it yeah, it does anything for you, it does for me. First John uh, 5, 14, 15. And this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Okay, so you're about to pray, and you should come confidently, not because you're awesome, but because he is, all right? You just, you come confidently. Well, well, how can you be confident? And this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, here it is, according to his will, 
according to his will, he hears us. Of course he hears everybody, right? But it's this, this, this leaning in attentiveness. <gasps> oh. They just asked me for something that I want to see happen. <laughs> What's going to happen? He hears us. And if we know he hears us, what do we ask? We know that we will have what we asked from him. We, we can be not only confident that he hears us, but he's going to give us good gifts. And he's going to give us good gifts if we pray according to his will. Will. If, so if you hear something in the scripture, or if you hear the whisper in the tap, you pray alongside of that, and God promises that he will be attentive, and he will actually give you what he has already told you he's going to give you. Right? Doesn't that make sense? It's, this is not arm twisting of God. God, I want my Lamborghini. You know, I just want to show the world how awesome it is to be a Christian pastor. They should have Lamborghinis everywhere, so everybody's called to ministry, Right? No, no. God, what, what should I be talking about in this situation? Lead me because I want to pray your will. And you might be drawn to a scripture where as you're reading scripture, it just might pop out of the page at you and go, oh, that's beautiful. I need to pray that for someone. I have a relative. Got to talk to her on the phone. She's going through a lot of stuff. It's just is. I'm going through my memory verses, and I hit, you know, Isaiah 41.10. We know that one. It was on the screen. Do not fear, for I'm with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will help you. Surely I will strengthen you. Surely I will up. Hold you with my righteous right hand. And so as I, I'm, I'm hearing that, I, I'm, I'm thinking about my relative. And so guess what I do? I stop. I say, oh God, please let her know that you are with her. Please let her know right now that you are her God. God, strengthen her. God, strengthen her. Help her because she needs it right now. And I guess what? Guess what I'm praying? I'm praying God's, I'm praying God's will. Isn't that awesome? That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we will have what we ask. There, there's probably one of the most famous verses in, uh, about trust. And sometimes I don't know how to take it. I, I memorized it in, in a very old version. And so sometimes old versions, you have to look up words. And, and every so often I, I hit a newer version. Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> that's awesome. That's helpful. That's helpful. Okay, so here's a verse that many of you know. Here it goes. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? We could all, a bunch of us could trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Don't lean on it. It doesn't say you don't use it, but you don't lean on it, right? So don't lean on your own understanding. You can use your own understanding. You don't have to be silly or, okay, but don't lean on it. And then seek his will in all that you do. Seek his will. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? Talk to me. Speak to me. Help me. And he will show you which path to take. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a great promise from God? Isn't that a great promise from God? That he pays attention to each prayer we pray. And as we listen to him, guess what? 
He says, he'll whisper and give you directions. And then as you pray, you'll find your prayer life come alive because you go, oh my goodness, that was really cool. God did this. And it's something that I didn't make up. I'm not trying to twist his arm to. He already told me to do that. So I'm just doing what he says. It is a beautiful thing. So if I pray, he promises to be attentive. And if I pray in his will and his leading, he will say yes. Those are good prayers. Good prayers. Here's one prayer that I know I'm slipping this in because I like to get it in all the time. (laughs) Here we go. I know that every, it's God's will that everyone should come into his family. There's verses about that. God's will is that everyone should come into his family. If you don't know him yet, if you're on your way, I'm not gonna be pushy about it. Guess what? God knows you. He loves you. He wants you to be his child. Just putting that out there. It's a, it's a good thing. And guess what? Here's a promise for you. If you're watching at home, if this got shared with someone and, and, and you held on to the message so far, I'm proud of you. But also there's a reason why you held on. It's for this part here. Here we go. It says this, a promise from God. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. God, you're going to be my Lord, my boss. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. No, this is real. You died and rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. You will be saved. What does that, what does saved mean? You're saved from judgment. You're saved from hell. You're just saved from a life that is meaningless. You're saved from a life of being alone. Saved from all of that. Wow, really? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's it? Yeah, yeah, you got to do something. You have to to call out to him. But guess what? It's probably the best promise in the world, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, my goodness. What could be better than that? And as I have people around me slipping into the next world, people I hear about online, people... A guy in my youth group, uh, this riot youth group, he uh, went to be with the Lord too. It's, uh, it's his important promise. What, by the way, what trumps forever? <laughs> the things that we do here at church, the messages that you hear, the, the, the love that you share leads people to this point where they say yes to forever. What trumps forever? I don't know what, what you can do out there. That, that beats that. It just is forever. So God promises to be attentive to every prayer. God promises to save anyone who asks. Let me give you one more little promise, and then we'll go into worship. God promises faithful love for his children. Are you a child of the king? Are you in God's family? This is probably one of the most common mind battles is over, over the love of God. God didn't say yes to a prayer. Oh, man, he must not love me. Oh, I've blown it too many times. Oh, he must not love me. I have a father wound from my past. I'm just not sure if I can even call him father. But he must not love me. It's just stacked up. I'm not sure why our brains, the, the, the evil world around us keeps attacking us, that God doesn't love you. It's, it's just all a lie. And this is why we need to hear this promise. This is a promise from God. Oh, man. This is awesome. 
Uh, I'm going to soon read uh, Romans 8, but I hope this leads us into worship. By the way, if, if Jesus, when Jesus was in his darkest moment in Gethsemane, he didn't abandon you. He was there in his, his darkest moment in his life where he was deciding, would he go to the cross? And he asked God, I really don't think I want to do this. You know, I, can you take this cup away from me? And as he listens to his father, and the father whispers, no. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he already knew about heaven. You know what the joy is? (laughs) I see the faces of his joy. It's you. For the joy set before him, He endured the cross. Jesus didn't abandon you in his darkest moment. Why would he abandon you in yours right now? Romans 8, 38, 39. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Somebody needs to hear this more in your brain more than your brain, they need to hear it in your heart. I'm praying that God would let God do a surgery in your heart right now by hearing this. Father, do that. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not anything. Not the stuff that goes on in the world. I could could list a bunch of things you're all going through. I know a bunch. Neither death nor life. As I I, I read the people who have gone to be with God, that's not going to separate us from from God's love. Neither angels nor demons, both are very real. And, And in the midst of this world, they're becoming more real, aren't they? Nothing will separate us. None of that stuff that's happening that you see the reels and TikTok on, none of those things will ever separate you from God's love. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. What? No, God's going to be in your tomorrow, and his love is going to be in your tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. He tried, he cranked this up as high as he He got 11 on the dial. He said, listen, nothing is going to separate you from God's faithful love to you. No power in the sky or in earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. As revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. He went to Gethsemane and said, I'm not going to abandon these people. I want them. I want them in heaven forever. I'm going to do this. Good stuff, huh? And that's a promise. You can take that one to the bank. It's a promise. I know sometimes people say, Dave, Dave you don't know my life. I'm, I'm in trouble with this, and I'm in trouble with that. Half the world, don't, they don't even know what trouble I'm in. 2 Timothy 2.13. I'm going to read this personally for you and instead of just generally. If you are unfaithful, God remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. 
you've said yes, if you're his child, he's not going to deny him being a father to you. I remember getting off a, a plane, and, and, and we, we hit turbulence going down, and, and it was rough. It was rough. Not the worst one I've been on, but the bounces made everybody pray a lot. It's probably good. We actually bounced on the tarmac, which is it, fun, and came to a stop. And uh, a lot of people were going, you know, there's just a little bit of silence, and, you know, could hear some prayers. And then there's this baby that had been pr- crying the whole time, right? And then, then you heard the baby just, like, lose it, right? The, yeah, whoo! You know, you know, airline, the planes don't have good ventilation. Not good enough. It's all through the whole plane. You go, oh, you know, can we get to the gate soon? Can we get to the gate soon? And the baby's not just vomiting. You can, she, this poor mom couldn't take the baby to the washroom because you're lo- locked in and you're landing, right? And so guess where it's gone? Yeah! Some people say baby vomit is cute. At moments, it's not. It was in this woman's hair. Pasted it around the child. She was trying to wipe it off, but more or less just smearing it over the thing. And uh, so we got to the gate, opened up, everybody, woo, we're all out of there going, wow, some people, wahoo, woo, breathe, 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 okay? And then, then as I, I walked out, I, I observed, I, I'm this introvert that likes to observe people. I see this guy there, and this is what he's doing. He's waiting for somebody to come off the plane, and he's really excited to see them. I wonder. <laughs> right, right? I wonder. And, and everybody's going, everybody's off, and he's still there, and he's asking, are they still on? And You know, what's going on? And then, and then they come up. And, you know, the mother's just, you know, got most of it off, kind of, and so, you know, you know what, this is, this, is a good, this is a good husband. He ran over, and he hugged them both. He hugged them so much. I, I just stepped back, and uh, that's the love of God. You feel you got puke all over you? Welcome to the family of God. If you say that you don't have sin, then you're lying. If you do, then confess it. He is faithful and just. He'll forgive it. And he won't abandon you. I'll ask our worship team to come on up. As I ask you to fall into the arms of God in trusting him, here's the three things I want you to trust him for as we worship. I want you to thank him that God promises to be attentive to every prayer. Can you thank him as we worship? Can you say, God, Thank you that you listen to. You can say it out loud. You can say it in the prayer corner. Can you, as we worship, thank him for his promise that he is attentive to every prayer. That God promises to save anyone who asks. If you've asked and you're in God's, that's what got you in. Can you thank him for that promise that you can stand on? Can, as you worship, worship him well for his, his gate that has been wide open to anyone. And God promises faithful love for his children. (laughs) As we worship, can you worship him well for that?
The application of this message is now. Let's fill this place with worship to him. Father, all honor and glory go to you. Please hear our call. Hear our love to you. In Jesus' name, amen.